This podcast is sponsored by Mental Health Declassified. MHD is a nonprofit organization that aims to create safe spaces within communities to break the stigma surrounding mental health and wellness. With the intent to recognize and highlight the connection between real life experiences and mental health through storytelling, they are advocating to bridge the gap between communities and accessible resources. Check out the link in my episode notes to learn more about Mental Health Declassified. Hey, welcome to The Revolutionized Mind, a platform about all things mental health. I'm your host, Angelica Galuzzo, and on this show, we use real stories and eye-opening conversations to make you feel less alone and a little more optimistic about what's ahead of you. Come on a journey with me. Bring your most authentic self and let's revolutionize the mind. Reforming society, repairing your mentality, restoring your life. This is The Revolutionized Mind. Hello, everybody. I hope you're having an amazing first week of your November. Much better than me, I hope. It has been quite the time over here. But... It is my birth month, and I keep reminding myself it's only up from here. Things are going to get better, so send good vibes my way, please, please, please. On that note, don't have too much to share today other than I absolutely loved this episode. As you may know, emotions are something that have always been a problem for me since I was a baby. I've always had a difficult time identifying them, controlling them. All of my emotions have always been intense, either super high, super low, somewhere in the middle, whatever it is, I feel it to an extreme. And that has truthfully caused a lot of problems for me, myself and my relationships, how I interact with people. But again, those are all stories for another day. So just quickly introducing Skylar in this topic, Skylar is an expert on all things trauma and emotion releasing, and she'll define what that really means in the episode, as well as just talk about like what emotions are, what purpose that they serve, how we can use them to really work for us instead of against us, and also the mindsets and perspectives that come along with emotions, which is something that we don't usually acknowledge, but the stories that we take on as a result of these things that we're feeling. So I learned a lot. I love this topic. I really hope you learn a lot too and enjoy this conversation. If you do, please do not forget to let me know, leave a rating, leave a review. All of it makes me so, so happy. So thank you so much for spending your time with me and I hope you enjoy. Today I'm here with Skylar Sustin, who is a trauma and emotion release coach, and I'm really excited to talk about this today because emotions are something I'm just super interested in and have had a lot of trouble with in the past, honestly, personally as well. So excited to learn more from an expert and hear some of your thoughts on these questions. So before we actually dive into all the content, do you want to just take a second to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, so thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. Um, so a little bit about me, I'm, as Angelica said, Skylar, Emotion and Trauma Release Coach. Um, I help people 
understand the root of their emotions in a way that gives them more clarity around why they might have experienced certain things, how it's impacted them, what they've taken on from it, and then give them tools to assist them in kind of releasing those emotions, traumas, and mindsets that have been holding them back up to this point. Um, I got started in all of it from my own healing experiences. Everything is really rooted in what I've learned, what kind of um, healing things that I've had to get help from other people with or what I've learned along the way. And this the impact that I have noticed that emotions and trauma have on, you know, where we are in our lives today and kind of the triggers that we have and being able to then use those things in a positive way rather than looking at those in not a positive way. Um, So yeah, everything is really rooted in things that I've had to heal, I've had to learn, and now we're here today, so... (laughs) Amazing. And how do you get like certified as an emotion coach? Is it a course? Is it kind of like a certificate? What's that side of things? So I am a certified life coach. And then as life coaches, you can kind of specialize in whatever little area that you feel is what you want to go into. So as a certified life coach, I then uh, with my own lessons from what I've learned and then also reading a lot of like emotion healing books and trauma healing books I then kind of decided I wanted that to be my niche because I learned it all through my own experiences and then I also have like some knowledge from being in college I graduated with a BA in human development and then with minors in psych and calm so um, I was able to kind of integrate that also into understanding at a deeper level where people are coming from. I love that. And honestly, most of what we know is from life experiences. So just going through what you've gone through, what you've read and learned along the way, kind of just helping other people through that. I love it. It's awesome. So hopefully um, everything we talked about today can be beneficial to anyone listening. Um, So I kind of wanted to start off by just like getting your definition of what emotions are. What do they mean to you? Yeah. It's changed a lot over time. Um, I know at first, through for a lot of my life, I thought I totally knew what emotions meant, how to deal with them, and what they were. And it wasn't until I went through COVID and like a parents split that I was like, wait, do I know how to deal with my emotions? Because obviously something is not working out because there's a huge disconnect between what I thought I knew and, and how I'm handling these things. So I think today how I kind of view my emotions and emotions in general is something that we can work with to understand our growth. I kind of see emotions as the guide to our complete healing process. Like if you're feeling anger, like anger is something you can look into deeper to see what it is that you need to be looking at, what it is you need to be healing. I also see emotions as as like an action based feeling. So emotions are always telling us something that we need to look at, that we need to do. Sometimes the action is just surrender, but recognizing that it's telling you you need to let go and surrender is a lesson in it. So I view emotions as something that gives us insight into our internal state, but also what kind of things we need to take action on to rebalance what is going on within us. 
So they're all like a lesson, something that we can take away to learn more about ourselves and, and what we need to do to almost like bring back that harmony within. I love that. And I think it sounds very straightforward to anyone just being like, yeah, obviously emotions are there to like guide us. But when you're in the moment when the actual emotion is affecting you and it's normally those heavier emotions like anger or grief and you can't really separate yourself from those heavy emotions, that's when it becomes really difficult to see it in that way. So I think like that harmony piece that you spoke to is really, really important because we can always learn something from what we're feeling it's just a matter of actually like relating it to our life and our situation and then mm-hmm. learning to see the best and what it's actually trying to teach us yeah because I totally agree with you when you're in it you know it's hard to get yourself out of that perspective of this is what I am and I am this emotion kind of thing and sometimes this recognition of what the emotion does for you doesn't come until later and that's okay because I've also learned that you'll know what you're supposed to know when you have to know it. Like there might be a time where you want to know what this emotion is about and you want to know why this is happening, but it might not be the right time for you because maybe you want to, but you're subconsciously not in a place to kind of take in the message of the emotion. I love that. And then going along with that, I think I saw you talk a lot about like the perspectives behind emotions and how that actually relates to our mindset. So I know it's like an ongoing journey through life. This will change as you grow. Mm -hmm. Um, But how are emotions like actually related to our mindset? How can we make them work together? Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the biggest, the best way to I think describe this would kind of be to tie it in with like traumas. And so, like, when we experience a trauma, a lot of times we can have, you know, intense emotions with it, whether we remember those emotions or not. And oftentimes from those traumas, we'll create stories, beliefs, mindsets around different areas of life as a result of that trauma. And so later in life, we have these stories and perspectives that we maybe unconsciously took on. And from that, those are then impacting the way that we live and are also impacting the way that we might be interacting with our emotions. Like if you um, had a trauma, like if you growing up had traumatic experiences where you were always shut down for sharing your emotions or never, never given the space to share them, you might take on the mindset or perspective that it's not safe to share your emotions. And then that could be a huge impact on the way that you go about sharing your emotions with others, but also the way you interact with your emotions with yourself. And so having even specific mindsets around what it is, how to go about dealing with emotions, what emotions mean, and, you know, who can have them, who cannot have them, even specific emotions. Like if you had anxiety growing up and no one really understood your anxiety or was able to help you with it, or kept telling you you were too much for having it, then you might take on the perspective that you're too much for having this emotion that you just might not know how to deal with. And because of that, it came off as being too much, you know? And so there are so many different things that can shape the perspectives and mindsets that we have today as a result of our experiences with emotions in the past and also the way our traumas have shaped us. 
I think that's really interesting because honestly, so much of life is just the stories that we tell ourselves. And there's so many influences on that story based on, like you said, if somebody said something to us growing up, that might stick with us subconsciously or consciously. Um, how other people perceive you, how you perceive your emotions yourself. Are these emotions even valid? Am I being overdramatic? Like mm-hmm. you're constantly having those battles with yourself in your head and it's so hard to actually like say, okay, this might be a valid feeling. Let me sit with it. Why am I feeling this way? Like it takes a lot of effort to actually sit down and try to understand your emotions. Yeah. That's yeah, so just, tough. <laughs> it, it is so tough. And it's like, if if there was a way for us to learn that all we need is just like a s- tiny, tiny second of awareness that we are actually thinking what we're thinking, because it's not like about the thoughts that we think or the emotions that we have, but what we do with them. That's just so important. And so, I mean, sometimes we don't even need like a time to sit down and work it all out. I mean, starting off, it might just be like building that awareness of what it looks like within your mind to have these emotions or what it looks like to be thinking these perspectives and just observing them as they are before trying to change anything. Because even just recognizing that they are there is an important piece to understanding the deeper purpose of the emotions. Yeah, I love that you said that. And like self-awareness is something that I've learned more through my own healing, especially over the last couple of years. And Mm -hmm. that awareness piece is really the first step to so many parts of our mental health journey, but especially when it comes to emotional awareness, because you can't really understand what's happening to you unless you like first identify what's going on. You have to know what is this feeling? Where is it coming from? Um, But yeah, like, do you have any tips? Like, how do you actually just start being aware of your emotions? Um, I think it takes a lot of work. <laughs> um, I would say that for people who really want to start, like, entering that kind of space of, of healing through using your emotions as guidance and kind of building that self-awareness, is to just have a moment where you maybe set aside time or have just like create the intention within that this is something you want to start doing and have like small daily practices of like mindfulness that start building on this awareness. One thing that you can do is like if you are washing the dishes or um, taking out the trash or folding your laundry, that can be a moment where you, it's a mundane daily task that you can use to start building awareness of what you're experiencing. You can ask yourself, what am I experiencing emotionally? What's coming up for me physically? What kind of thoughts am I thinking right now? Just to start building that awareness of what your internal world feels like and how you're relating to it and how it comes up in, you know, everyday practices, just getting close to that kind of default mode that we kind of run into a lot of the time during those mundane tasks. Um, So I'd say that's a great place to start. And driving is another great place to practice the self-awareness and mindfulness. Um, You know, if somebody cuts you off on the freeway or something and you recognize that you have some kind of reaction to it, notice what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What kind of physical sensations are coming up for me? Those are three really great questions to kind of start 
helping you dive into building that self-awareness without going straight into the deep dives of healing because it's hard to go straight into the deep dives if you don't build this foundation first because you'll feel scattered maybe all over the place and um, you won't have that compassion and self-awareness built to guide you through a more more ease in the process. Yeah, and I'm going to add on like a little tip to that because that's something that really helped me was like asking myself those questions, but I didn't know even what my emotions were, mm. how to name them. Mm. So that's where I came across my lovely emotion wheel. Oh, um, yes. And there are so many online, like you can just Google emotion wheel. I have mine printed. I have it with me at my desk here. I have a little emotion and wheel sticker. On I my- love it. <laughs> <laughs> and that honestly changed the game for me because like putting a name to what you're feeling can really help with that internal awareness. So you can go through the wheel. And if you know you're somewhere on like the sad side, you can start breaking that down into yeah. something more specific. Yeah. And I love it. I think it's something that, especially as somebody personally who struggled with emotions for so long, like actually putting that into practice was really, really helpful for me. I totally agree with that. I mean, obviously I showed you have an emotion <laughs> wheel sticker on my water bottle, but um, that was kind of what helped me to like start to really understand them because I found that one of my biggest struggles was I didn't know how to name it either. Like, cause naming it, you don't, have to give a name to everything, but it sometimes helps just to give you some insight into like what it really is that you're going through. So I definitely agree that that is a big help, especially because, you know, big emotions like sad or anger have usually deeper, you know, that's kind of a surface emotion and there's usually deeper ones. So those emotion wheels really help to figure out like, what is the core emotion that I'm actually feeling rather than just like anger, sadness, And even on the positive side too, I found it really helpful. Like I can say, yeah, I'm happy, but like, what kind of happy am I like feeling grateful? Am I feeling joyful, excited? Mm. Like that just really helps give you like a direction um, for that healing work. And it doesn't have to be called that because that can sound intimidating as well. But Mm -hmm. just, you know, like while you're going through those mundane tasks, kind of giving you a direction of where do I want to put my focus? Why am I feeling this way? what is it about my life situation right now that is really bringing up these feelings? So yeah, yeah, I love it. I think everybody should have one on them. (laughs) I agree. And even like going off of the, you know, the positive emotions or, you know, emotions that feel better within us, even recognizing that during, you know, our regular time is also helpful so that we know what it is that brings us those emotions. So we can start to integrate more of that within our life. It's also just being more connected to yourself and understanding what things don't feel good, what things do feel good, and kind of navigating yourself through that. Absolutely. Um, And so going along with that, switching gears like a tiny bit, um, I wanted to ask about trapped emotions, because I know Mm. you talk about that a lot. um, And that could be a term that people are not too familiar with. So can you just explain what those actually are? And what kind of impact they have on our overall well-being and life. Yeah. So my first experiences with really understanding my emotions was with trapped emotions. I was working with an emotion code practitioner where they focus a lot on releasing trapped emotions um, through like an energy practice. And so trapped emotions are emotions that at some point in our life, usually connected to some trauma, uh, big or little trauma, that we did not either allow ourselves to or were not able to feel. 
And so that could look like suppressing emotions, ignoring our emotions, um, avoiding them, or we are in the process of feeling them, but then we push them down. So it's either we totally don't allow ourselves to feel them, or at some point during the processing period, we don't continue and we push it away. And so when these trapped emotions are created, there is like an energy that becomes stuck in our body of this emotion. It's like how trauma affects the body. Like if you don't address it or process it, then it's going to stay in your body. Your mind, your conscious mind might not remember it, but your body will always keep track of the things that you don't allow yourself to release. And so these trapped emotions hold energy within our body that can then later in life continue to resonate and attract similar emotions and experiences related to those trapped emotions because we already have it within us. So, you know, for people who feel like they're cycling in different types of behaviors or, you know, a common thing is like relationships where it's kind of the same thing over and over again, different guy, different girl, different time period, and there's similar patterns that are showing up. And sometimes that can be because you're replaying a trauma, but a lot of times it's also because there are trapped emotions that are continuing to attract this because you haven't dealt with it yet. And so we can see trapped emotions everywhere. The biggest way to recognize it is with triggers or um, anything that feels like you're, you know, when you avoid an emotion and there's something there, those are indications of some kind of trapped emotion or that one is even forming when you're feeling that. Yeah. Can you walk us through an example? Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot here of oh, like no, you're good. <laughs> a trauma related experience that might lead to a trapped emotion later in life. Um, and like what potential triggers might be like how that actually feels and looks like. Yeah. Um, so let's say that someone had I'm trying to think of one example for myself, because I'll be able to explain it a little bit more. <laughs> so I think um, when I was 10 years old maybe and I think I had a trapped emotion of maybe it was anxiety I can't remember completely off the top of my head but um a trauma this is more of a like littler trauma because you know we can understand big traumas a little bit more but um a little trauma like feeling the pressure to like do well on a test or something like big thing that I would always do was um, I would always get sick because I wouldn't allow myself to feel emotions. It was a big like performance pressure that I would experience. And so say I trapped an emotion at age 10 of anxiety because I didn't allow myself to feel it. And so then that anxiety is kind of being held within me throughout the rest of my life until I were to release it. And so later on, say... At like age 15, I put so much pressure on myself to pass this test in my freshman year of high school. It was just like the smallest thing. It wasn't a big deal, but it was the first time I felt like I couldn't, like it, it was a practical test, not like a multiple choice test. So I couldn't like guess my way through it. And so I ended up failing the test. And that triggered this anxiety from age 10 of the same type of performance pressure, performance around grades, that I didn't feel like good enough or that I was valued enough because 
this anxiety, I would always think that grades and doing well and, you know, external validation were something that would show my, my worth. And so that anxiety got triggered again when I was 15 because of that experience. Then jump ahead again to age 18, first year of college, and I was taking chem and I failed my first test. And there goes the anxiety, uh, the performance pressure test anxiety coming up again because I felt like if I didn't do well, then like, who am I if I'm not a good student? Like all these kinds of things. So not only did this anxiety kept getting brought up, but the mindset that I will only be good enough if I get these grades that was created when I was 10 followed me throughout this this line that then created these trapped emotions. And it wasn't until I was probably 19 or 20 that I might have released this anxiety to where I was able to then make the space to recognize I didn't need to um to have those external validations to recognize that like I'm smart and that I'm worthy. So that's kind of a long-winded example, but hopefully that makes sense for kind of the impact that these have like throughout your life and then what releasing them can make space for you to kind of uncover about yourself. Yeah, I love that example because like you said, it might be like smaller in nature, but it's still something that really affected you back then and then obviously clearly stayed with you throughout your life. and. Just to add on to that, like those feelings can or often do like follow you into the workplace. You have those perfectionistic tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't do your job well, you think like you're not worthy, you're going to get fired. And like those inner thoughts kind of really start to take over. And that really does start from that 10 year old feeling um, when you didn't mm-hmm. feel good enough or worthy enough when you weren't able to, I guess, match your own standards for your grades. Um, And that is very common for so many people and something that a lot of people won't really like acknowledge because it does seem so natural and common, especially throughout school. Yeah. Especially like throughout school and high school. And especially I feel like college is is extra big pressure because not only are you trying to do well, but at the same time, you're trying to figure out like who you are inside, but also who you are in the world. And so there's so many different pressures that can come with that experience within that if these trapped emotions continue with you throughout that time, it might make it harder to to do that. And I definitely, a firsthand experience can now, like looking back, recognize how so many of my like trapped emotions and, and mindsets that I took on or stories that I took on from earlier in life kind of impacted the way that I behaved and interacted during college um, because there was so much going on at once. It's such a big time of transition. That time of life is hectic. There is so much going on, (laughs) so many internal pressures, external pressures, thinking about your future, still like ruminating on your past. Mm -hmm. You think you're a kid, but you feel like an adult. So much is happening. Um, And even like, I think especially today, there's so many different kinds of pressures. I'm not going to say more, but for like 20 to 30 year olds, especially given housing situation, like not really sure what career path you want to take. It is just a different time. And then you have like your parental pressures being like, I hear this all the time. When I was your age, I was already married with kids. And here you are still living in my house. Um, So those are like, things that again stick with us and then 
it's both accepting the reality of life, but then trying to like make the most of what you have and make your parents understand like it is a different time. Yeah. Yeah. But then also like how can you also balance like your own self within that? Because I know there's so many pressures about like, you know, trying, at least for me, it was like trying to be the person that I was before college, like the person everyone relied on, but then also trying to find my own self through all of that um, so that I could really use the experience of, you know, being like semi on my own and everything to my advantage. But it's definitely, definitely a hard time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's an important thing too. Like, prioritizing yourself your mental health like throughout all of that is definitely a huge huge priority mm-hmm. um, and something that really does stick with you like if you're not taking care of yourself you're not really going to be able to excel in those other domains of life so always reemphasizing the importance of taking care of yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> big theme on this show um so you talked about like all the trapped emotions and how they might affect you but when you get to the stage of actually releasing them how do you do that? And what kind of approach do you personally take to work with your clients to release emotions? So what I do is I use a process called muscle testing, which is like a kinesthetic um, technique of using the own body's wisdom to reveal kind of the things that are hidden in the subconscious, but also things that are aligned or not aligned with their highest good. So I like to use muscle testing using the sway test, which is just a method of where the client stands up and then I would ask a question and yes or no question and their body will sway backwards or forwards and give the answer. Um, I like to use that because it not only allows you to kind of tap into that wisdom and connect with it, but also to re- establish a connection with your own body recognizing that you actually hold everything within and so um like there's a lot of guidance and insight that I provide but what I really like to focus on is making sure people understand like everything that we're working on is coming from their own body it's coming from their own mind and subconscious and so using this muscle testing technique which is a way to kind of bypass the conscious mind and tap into the subconscious Um, It's almost like our body is a human pendulum. So that's another visual that you can think of for it. Um, I can ask questions like, is there an emotion, a trauma, or a mindset that is trapped um, that we need to release? And then we'll go through, if it's emotion, we'll go through different emotions. Um, If it's a trauma, we'll figure out, um, well, same with emotion, what age that they happened at, what the trauma or emotion is, if there's a connected mindset that was taken on as a result of that that needs to be released. Um, And then using the body's information and insight will then go through kind of understanding it at a deeper level, getting clarity for it and going through an emotion releasing process that involves like understanding the emotion, surrendering to it, feeling it, tapping into a little bit of what you can learn from it and then releasing it through like a small like energy clearing that then allows us to get the root of them out and also make space for you to start shifting into what you can learn and what actions you can take to shift into like more mindful and self-aware 
compassionate kind of way of life. I love that. Can you expand a little bit more on like the energy side of it and like the actual release? Like what does that look like in terms of energy healing or whatever approach you use? Yeah. So I always think that in my sessions, the release, there's, there's a intentional like energy release part, but I always feel like the entire session without the energy release is part of the release because you're actually allowing yourself to look at the things that you have been ignoring. And so understanding it and kind of bringing it to the surface is one aspect of the release. The intentional like energy part of it is a way to kind of tap into the energy of the emotion or trauma that's within the body that I do. I'll kind of tap into that energy within while guiding the client or whoever I'm working with through kind of a grounding you know, experience to kind of ground themselves to feel safe and to feel whatever it is coming up. Because when we kind of pinpoint what these are, sometimes the floodgates open up. So that's part of the energy release, like allowing the floodgates to open up and surrender to these, which is what the client does. And then on my side, I do an intentional energy clearing to kind of assist them in this uprooting of the energy so that they feel one, safe, to feel it and clear it out, but also to get all of the like roots of it to clear out so that while the floodgates open, they can fully release it out. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And I like that you bring that up because I was going to say too, like it might sound very easy, but especially when trauma is included in the topic, um, that can be a really hard thing to do to just like slow down trust your body because with trauma you often learn to dissociate from that yeah um, and really tap into what those emotions are because they can bring up other emotions they can bring back bad flashbacks or whatever the situation is um, so it can be a really hard thing to do to try to like dig deep into those emotions mm -hmm. yeah and sometimes you know there are some times where there will be an emotion or a trauma that needs to be released but if it's like a trapped emotion then they might not know exactly what it's connected to. Or if there's a trauma, we might just get the age and like a general area of what it is, but not know what the exact thing is. And that's okay too. And in those cases, like, you know, the floodgates might not completely open. There might not be a deep, you know, cry or release in that sense. But it's just the recognition that there needs to be something that is released. And then that's when the most important part is that intentional energy release on my end. Because sometimes we don't always need to know. Sometimes we don't always need to revisit. But just know that that is something that needs to come out is also like a big part of, of what I do is not necessarily that everything needs to be known or, or revisited or all the details need to be shared but that you're making the space for that to actually heal is what is also a really important piece to it. Yeah. And that's a big part of trauma research in general is just that like a lot of the times we don't even know where it stemmed from. Our mind will black it out, yeah. um, but you are still left with those emotions. So the actual act of revisiting it is not always accessible. Mm -hmm. um, and side note, I wanted to ask, have you read The Body Keeps the Score? I'm actually reading that right now. <laughs> Okay, because yes. a lot of what you're saying, I'm like, this is in the book. It's phenomenal. <laughs> it's no, it's a really good book. I'm like, I, I wanted to learn more about 
that connection with trauma and the body. Like I already had like an idea of it and experience from my own, but I was like, I want to really, really deeply understand it. So yeah, I'm reading it right now and I really like it. So (laughs) yeah, that book does a great job of just explaining honestly, truly how the body keeps the score and how emotions and trauma really stick with us, whether Mm -hmm. we know it or not, it's there somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think, to read it and then think about, you know, this in my work, but also like with myself, like how does my body relate to this? And it's definitely helped me to become like more aware of my body on a daily basis. And then when I'm not aware, I'm like, I'm sorry, okay. Like I'll reconnect with you and everything. And really giving the spotlight for your body to, to give you that information, which is why the muscle testing is so powerful. Because it it really allows you to tap into what it is the body is holding on to. I love that. And I love the little sway technique too. I think it's really interesting. Are there any more like that? Like similar muscle related things? Yeah, there are a lot of different ways to do muscle testing. Um, I... I grew up with my mom would always do muscle testing like she would be like is this food okay for me to eat like right in the middle of the grocery store and she would do it um I didn't learn that there were other ways to do it until like probably a year or two ago um when I was reading the emotion code book and there you can even use a pendulum for it but you could there's like you know, finger techniques or like if, if you're in person, you can do like an arm one. Um, I also do the sway technique because I'm more used to it, but also because most of my things are virtual. And so it's either that or pendulum, but I like the sway technique because the other people get to tap into, you know, themselves. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of different ways that you can do it and a lot of different ways that you can practice kind of that connection with yourself. I love it. Um, wow, I've just I've learned so much. I love this topic. <laughs> um, but I guess like wrapping up, uh, do you have any strategies or tips that you can share for anyone who may be dealing with particularly heavy emotions in their day to day? Yeah, I would say if you're dealing with heavy emotions on a daily basis and you're not really sure where to start with kind of releasing this overwhelm, I would start by setting some time aside to just kind of sit with no expectation, no agenda. The most important thing that I I recommend for people who are really wanting to enter this kind of space of of releasing a lot of these heavy emotions is look into ways to create a foundation of mindfulness and self-compassion before diving in because that will allow you to build a connection with yourself and kind of reestablish that safety that might not be there or that you aren't connected with, but also will reconnect you with an intention for when you dive into those deep emotions and know that have the knowledge and insight that they won't stay there. Um, So I think leaning into mindfulness and self-compassion before diving in, just reconnecting with yourself through small tasks with yourself, whether it be journaling, whether it be just watching a movie with yourself, taking yourself on a date, like simply start reconnecting with yourself by being with yourself and getting comfortable in that space and then start diving in. 
uh, is probably what I would recommend most. So it's not so overwhelming for people who (laughs) already feel like really emotionally overwhelmed. I love that approach because I think for so many people, like the actual aspect of like sitting down and healing and starting my healing journey is just so incredibly, it's just like a wild concept for people and it's hard to actually do. Yeah. Um, but you said the word intention a lot and that's like one of my favorite words, just honestly starting with intentionally connecting to yourself, like you said. And yeah. when you were talking, I was just kind of picturing like, for me, that would look like going on a nature walk and leaving mm. all distractions at home. So it's not wearing headphones. It's not bringing my phone with me. It's literally just walking by myself with my dog and paying attention to how I feel, actually noticing the trees and things as I walk by like that practice of mindfulness can be a really great start to put you in that headspace I love I love that practice and that that idea definitely like things that just allow you to ground more and with yourself and sometimes grounding with yourself first means grounding with the world you know nature and things around you to kind of get familiar with that feeling So I I definitely, you know, I love that practice and I do that too (laughs) from time to time. Yeah. And that looks different for everyone. Like you said, like that could be journaling. It could be breath work. It could be yoga. Yeah. It could be honestly going out with friends. Like that could be your way of like intentionally um, connecting to yourself and allowing yourself that space. Yeah. It's really, it, it can really be done with anything. And the thing like if you're out with friends or you're doing things that are not like one-on-one with yourself, like it's, it could just be about like having the intention to have self-awareness during that. Like I love intentions, like you said, because it, it puts the, that what you want kind of out into the world. It, It broadcasts that energy, but also when you're in the space of kind of re-experiencing those overwhelming emotions or something you have something to connect with that reminds you of the purpose of what you're doing and and brings you back to grounding of this is what I wanted to be doing when I was in a space of recognizing that I need to reconnect with myself yeah I think that's a perfect way to tie everything together too because obviously as you go through life different emotions are going to come up some good some bad some neutral um so kind of just learning to respond to them in a way that works for you. And that's not always an easy thing to do. That might Mm -hmm. start with just identifying them, becoming aware of them, or maybe you actually need to work on releasing some trapped emotions within. So Skylar, this has been amazing. And I love the work that you do. Um, I've learned so much and I love your page. Um, So yeah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your knowledge with us. And yeah, thank you. Of course, and thank you so much for for that and and this this space you're creating for people to to be able to you know do the things that they want to do and kind of reconnect with the space of of being there for themselves. So thank you for that also. Thank you so much, Skylar, for sharing all your wisdom and experience with us. I just loved your advice and the approach that you took to really explaining what emotions are and how we can learn from them. And for a lot of people, that like quote-unquote healing journey is really intimidating and something that people maybe don't feel that they need or don't want to start. But kind of just reemphasizing what you said, that it doesn't have to be this big ordeal. It can sometimes just be the intention of setting like a minute aside to really think about, okay, what am I feeling? How is this affecting me? Where is this coming from? How is it showing up in my life? How I respond to people? how I treat myself, like there are so many questions you can ask yourself to really 
become more aware of what's going on with you, inside you, around you, all the things. And I truthfully think that can be such a great start because from my own experience, that has helped me an incredible amount. Just that inner reflection, the intentions, the awareness, like it really is the small things that make such a big difference. And after chatting with you today, I definitely want to do more research into what like releasing emotions actually is and how it can benefit me in my life because I know for a fact I definitely have a ton of trapped emotions that are holding me back in certain ways that are also contributing to these perspectives that I hold about myself and about others. And I think it could really help me on this journey that I'm on to start to get rid of, we'll call it, some of that old baggage. And that's honestly one of the things I'm working on in therapy. And that was one of the first things I said to my therapist is that I have had so much happen to me throughout my life and I've always just been go, go, go. And I haven't really taken a second to process them. And I feel like so much of it is just like lingering inside me. And I really want to work on addressing those emotions and moving forward in a healthy way. So this whole episode was just really eye-opening for me. It was informative, it was relatable, and I hope there's a thing or two that you, the listener, can take something away as well and apply it to your own life. So I've added Skylar's link to the episode notes. If you're interested in learning more about who she is and what she does, definitely be sure to check that out. Also giving a shout out to our sponsor, Mental Health Declassified. Their link will be in the episode notes moving forward, so if you haven't already, check them out, give them a follow. They are doing amazing work as they're transitioning into a nonprofit organization. So that's all for now. Thank you so, so much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Revolutionized Mind. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day, and I'll be back with another episode next Friday.